0: Welcome to Lost in Translation. I'm your host, Mr. VHS. Just like to say, Mr. Thompson, rest in power. We are going to miss you. A man who has coached the Georgetown University Hoyas, who has embodied what Black excellence is throughout the course of his coaching career at Georgetown who's had many, many players come through that university and was just a positive influence for Black youths as they were going through their adolescent years, guiding them, giving them direction, and really being a mentor to them on the sideline and off the sideline as well, too. Uh, Heavy Heart goes to his family, his sons, the Georgetown family as well, to the NBA family, all those guys that he's spoken with, talked to, taught, and stood with and beside and for throughout the course of their life and their playing career. Going to be missed. It's an uh, odd feeling to go through this whole pandemic filled year, and just watch people that are just losing their lives, and they will be missed, thought they would be around longer, and it just goes to show that what we have in front of us is what we have to take advantage of, and what we are living for is what we are living with. So we have to strive to be better, to do better. And you were one of those men that were around through some tough, troubling times as a coach at Georgetown and dealing with all of the racial tensions going forth when representing for the Hoya Nation as well as for black Americans who saw a man not to worry about what people were saying, but focused on what he needed to do to make things better. And that's just something that everybody in life needs to really focus on doing. And rest in power, John Thompson, you will be missed. Raptor recap and what did we just witness? 112 94 Raptors lose to the Boston Celtics, and really a matchup of starters that really dictated the pace on how this game was going to be played out. Raptors starting five combined through the course of the game were 20 for 55. They shot 36% compared to 30 of 65 for the starting unit of the Boston Celtics. That's at 46% and three-point shooting was horrendous for the starting unit of the Raptors going four for 25 combined. Fred VanVleet two for eleven, Siakam and Gasol both 0 for three, OG with one of those and Larry one as well too. Combined sixteen percent for the starting unit from downtown of the Raptors compared to fourteen for thirty two at the starting Boston. 14 for 32, 44% from downtown. Marcus Smart was 5 of 9. Campbell Cardiac Walker, 4 for 7. Jalen Brown, 3 for 9. 2 for 5 was Jason Tatum from behind the arc. And the Raptors' shooting woes continue throughout this course of the game. Pascal Siakam had three quick fouls in the first quarter. And you can blame the officiating or you can just blame the fact that the Raptors were outmatched on the perimeter. Tatum, Walker, Brown, Smart are all individuals who can get their own shots when needed to be. Marcus Smart is not one to create his own, but if the possibility happens to be shot clock low, ball in his hand, he can get to the hole or find somebody off that dribble. And the Raptors were out of sorts defensively and were unable to contain or maintain anything that these Celtics were putting up against them at halftime the Raptors field goal percentage was 28.9 compared to the 46 of the Boston Celtics Boston was 9 for 19 from 3 Raptors were 5 for 24 free throws relatively the same rebounding plus 6 for the Celtics turnovers were at 9 for the Celtics 8 for the Raptors it was 59 to 42 at halftime in that second quarter the field goal percentage of the Toronto Raptors were 21.7% from the floor compared to the 34.8 from the Celtics despite having no real offensive presence on the court it seemed defensively the Raptors could turn up that gear and start producing more turnovers and getting in passing lanes and just being more receptive on what was transpiring on the court. But that did not take place at all. Tatum hits a buzzer, beater, fade away. 88-73 after three quarters. Raptors are 24 for 66 compared to Boston's 33 for 68 at 48%. Three-point range, 44% for the Celtics, 25% for the Toronto Raptors. They were out-rebounded. The assist turnovers and points off those turnovers were 8 for the Celtics and 7 for the Raptors who just were unable to get anything started out of their starters and were just faced at an uphill battle against a team whose bench, Wanamaker, Ojolay, Williams had 10 points off the bench, Wanamaker had 7, Ojolay with 3, Langford with 2, the Raptors bench saw... Norm Powell with 10, Serge with 15, Davis with 7, and Bouchard with 2. Bouchard got his points late when the game was already out of reach, but Gasol 7 points, Larry had 17 points. He was 5 of 12 from the floor and missed 2 free throws. A rare obstacle, but he did miss 2. In that game, Van Vliet finished with 11 points, 3 of 13 from the floor, 2 for 11, as I mentioned, from the three-point line. Gasol, 7, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 for 7 from the floor, 1 for 2 from the line, 0 for 3 from three-point line in 26 minutes. Him and Serge really splitting their minutes evenly. So it's not to say that Gasol is starting the game, but it's fair to say that Serge is out there when things tend to matter. He's more of an offensive threat for the Raptors. Then Gasol seems to be, as of late, not really looking to post and use his size, just spreading the perimeter. And Pascal Siakam struggled. Five for 16. He had foul trouble in the first and sat on the bench for most of the second. But when he was in the game, things looked forced and looked rushed. They're trying to post him up on the low block. And they're flashing the double team off the ball side. Defender, something that they're accustomed to doing these Boston Celtics due to the fact that they were showing the same... For Joel Embiid when he was trying to post up the smaller player down low, so their rotations are on point. They know where to go Siakam cannot wait for that double team to set or flash. He's got to take advantage and make his move accordingly and he's got to either post up higher Or catch square in face and attack off the dribble putting himself in a Three-point stance going to the rim as opposed to playing with his back to the basket allowing them to set their defense and shoot that guy down to obstruct his plans in the low post. And defensively, the Raptors got to stop somebody. Uh, Lengthwise with Tatum and Brown on that perimeter and the way Kemba gets to his spots on that pick and roll, it's going to be very, very difficult if the Raptors don't decide to be playing better defense overall. Boston has been locked in. Energy-wise, their bench up in the game from the offset, from tip. And the Raptors just seemed more interested in worrying about the officials and their calls and not getting them when they were going to the rim. Lowry's going to have a problem with Tatum. Due to Tatum's length, he has the ability to give Lowry that space on his drives, allow him to get to his takeoff point, and then close the gap with his length and his size and be able to manipulate or block Lowry's shot as he's going to the hole. And it's not going to be a Brooklyn series. Brooklyn did not have bodies. They did not have scoring. They had Levert. Harris left the bubble. TLC was pretty productive. But other than that, they didn't offer any type of offensive remedy for what the Raptors were doing. Now you have an offensive remedy that Boston is putting on the Raptors and defensively they're not responding. They took themselves out of the game early off. They're settling for a lot of shots, weren't able to get to the hole. And it just seemed as if Boston was quicker and more in tune with their game plan in this game here. And the Raptors really allowed Boston to play their game because the Raptors weren't playing anything productive throughout the course. And game number two cannot be like game number one. Like I said, it has to involve the energy that you get from your bench players, the perimeter defense, plus the offensive rebounding, which Boston showed that they are about and willing to do for a full 48 minutes, and the Raptors have to lock in on that end as well, too. The matchup with Fred, Lowry, Walker, Tatum, Pascal, and Brown. Well, they got to figure something out. The Raptors were shifting to a zone on every make and man on every miss. And they weren't making a lot to drop into a zone. But the thing about a zone defense is you have to be able to rebound and not give up second chance shots. And people have to be gang rebounding on the Raptors. They need to make it one and done for the Celtics like they were doing, like the Celtics were doing to them and just start playing basketball, move the pace, move the ball around, look to shift their defense and have them actually have to play defense for more than just 10 seconds of the shot clock by trying to shoot your way back into a game defensively you have to lock down and push them for turnovers and they were offering turnovers, the Celtics they were turning up the ball, turning over the ball but the Raptors would then turn it right back over and would not capitalize on these opportunities that they were given they tried to make it close but it wasn't at all, Raptors do lose that game they take their Loss to the Celtics, 112 94 and are down 1-0 in the series, and a lot of people are going to say, well, it's game one, that's how the Raptors play, that was how they played before they won a championship and realized what it takes to win, so having that be a foundation of the excuse for a team and an organization who's proven that they're champions is something just like. The dinosaur itself needs to be put in extinction for anyone speaking about the loss. They need to wake up. Because being wake, woken up in a series when you go down to nothing, now that isn't something they want to have on their plate. And if Boston is able to push that on them and dictate a pace and a panic for the Raptors, and it's gonna be a long, long short series for the Raptors to be in. And they might be ending their season against the Boston Celtics. But I look for these guys to have a better shooting performance than what they put up throughout the course of this first game. I don't expect Fred to miss two, to hit only two out of his 11 shots. He, he takes from 3 and I especially don't expect him to be going 3 from 16 from the floor meaning that he hit one shot throughout the course of the game. It's going to be a different different mentality game too. That takes place on Tuesday at 5:30 followed by game 7 of the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets. That's at 8:30. That was the Raptor recap. I was going to say another word that starts with C, but it is what it is WNBA and NBA on the other part. But this was the Raptor recap, loss in translation. Mr. VHS, John Thompson, you're going to be missed. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Translation, recapping yesterday's events in the bubble-off at Disney for the NBA, where we saw one team exit, one team extend their stay, and the second round begun with the Raptors being outplayed by the Boston Celtics, but we'll start off first with the Clippers beating the Dallas Mavericks 111-97, despite this game being 89-80 to at one point in the third quarter. There was really nothing Luka could do to have the Dallas Mavericks force a game number seven. Morris ejected in the second quarter after a karate chop to the back of the head, followed by a swipe for the ball, which then ended up with a follow-through to the back of the head of Luca. This was in the second quarter. Score was 34-29 for Dallas at the time. And... The of the action behind Morris Sr.'s foul on Luca, as Luca was on the ground, he st- stared down at him and uttered the words, what? And that, I think, was enough for the refs to give him a flagrant two and the ejection, despite the fact the second follow-through was basically a flagrant foul as well, too, but What he did to keep that ejection on him was that stare down at the end. But despite Morse leaving out of the game in the second quarter, the Dallas Mavericks were just unable to put together anything throughout the course of the game. Kawhi Leonard finished with 33 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. Zubots had a double-double, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Paul George, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 for 9 from the floor. Shooting, improving, getting better as the series went on after his lackluster start. But still, foul trouble seemed to be a problem for George, and that's going to be something to look forward to. As the Clippers will be facing the winner of Denver and Utah. Reggie Jackson had 14 overall. Harrell had four. Lou Williams had five, but not heavy minutes really for these guys down the stretch. Hardaway with 10, Finley with 16. And. Luca with 38, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal. The only person who was offensively productive. Burke was aggressive early, but later on throughout the course of the game was really a non-factor. And Curry as well too. Dallas played without Christoph Porzingis. They have nothing to hang their heads about in this series. Uh, We learned a lot about the Clippers and what uh, their recipe is or what it isn't because it was kind of hard to see a Kawhi-led team with such raw emotion as Morris Sr. let out his frustration on Luka throughout the course of the series. But going forward, will that be a problem with the continuity and will plays like that cost them later on in series because... Other teams will have more offensive weapons that they have to worry about in their second round matchup with either the Jazz or the Denver Nuggets. We'll we'll see what, what transpires and what will take place for the Clippers, but they've moved on to the second round. They are in the driver's seat awaiting a game that saw... The Nuggets take down the Utah Jazz, 119-107. And Murray, 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 throughout the course of the game, at one point, at 14, out of the 17 Nuggets points, in. The second quarter, he is shooting 62% from the floor throughout this first round series versus the Jazz and is just, just in crazy, crazy. That's all I got to say. The numbers he's put up, what he's doing for this Denver team who saw better production out of their perimeter defenders with the insertion of Harris coming off the hip injury. Their lineup of Porter, Jr., Harris, Plumlee, Murray, and Craig were really active on the defensive end, grabbing loose balls. Plumlee especially going after getting balls that they never normally would get. And for once throughout the entire series, they were not outscored in the third as they outscored the Jazz 27-23. And, for the first time as well, they led going into the fourth quarter, uh, 88-79. And throughout the fourth, it was a back and forth between Murray and Mitchell, but the performance of Mitchell was phenomenal for the Utah Jazz. He had 44 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 14 for 25, perfect from the stripe, 9 for 13 from behind the arc. He leads the NBA playoff performers with his 3-point shooting. Gobert had a double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds, 3 of 8 from the field, 5 of 11 from the free-throw line, which was an added bonus for the Nuggets, making Rudy earn his points at the stripe, not giving him easy looks, clogging in the middle and better, better defense when it came time to the pick and roll, hedging up to stop Conley or Clarkson and not giving them the ability to go off with easy jump shots like they were doing in the first quarter. Mitchell and the Utah Jazz were perfect 5-for-5 from the floor in the first quarter to start things off, but struggled as the game went on and slowly were shooting worse than that hot start. But with that said, at the end of everything, Conley gave you 21 Clarkson gave you 11 off the bench as well, too. bunch of his scoring was done before the fourth quarter. And that's something that Denver has got to look... Or Utah has got to look into, is who else besides Mitchell is going to allow them to put the stamp on the series, finish off the Denver Nuggets, and not giving them the life that they have gotten from this huge win and a 50-piece put up by Murray with five rebounds, six assists, 17 for 24 from the floor. He was also seven for nine from the line, nine for 12 from the three point line as well. Just incredible on what he's been doing, how he's been performing. And how unstoppable Murray has become throughout the course of these playoff runs. It's going to be a fantastic game seven for these two teams, and we'll see which of those teams do show up. Will it be that defensive Denver Nuggets will rely heavily on Jamal Murray to give them that boost offensively, or will there be? A lapse of defensive coverage by Denver, allowing the Jazz to get comfortable inside, to bury them with the points in the paint, and just utilize their size and with Rudy Gobert, because Joker's not really a shot blocker, he's more of a new age big man who spreads the floor, can shoot the three, put the ball on the floor, and get to the hole, but overall denver out rebounded utah 43 to 30 and the points in the paint were 32 in favor of denver to 28 for the utah jazz 10 second chance points compared to 2 for denver and despite the 15 turnovers compared to the 10 of utah jazz for denver points off turnovers were 15 for the utah jazz Off of the 15 turnovers by the Denver Nuggets. And then 14 points off the 10 turnovers for the Denver Nuggets of the Utah Jazz. So a lot of things did change. Defensively, they stepped up and they won quarters. They won the fourth. They won the third. And that was the most mental lapse they've had throughout this series. Was that third quarter surge that... The Jazz would put on them, and they wouldn't be able to recover. And this was actually a game that Denver can build on. Despite Utah pushing the pace and trying to dig into their their comfortable lead, they were still able to fight them off. MJ and AI are the company... That Murray's in with two 50 point games in a series throughout the playoffs. Murray from the last 10 quarters, that's two and a half games, leaves 117 points, 63 percent from the field, and 55 from three, 63 percent from the field for a guard is disturbingly unconscious in all levels of knocking down anything and 55 from three well you pick your poison on what you want this guy to do is it going to be a step back pull up three point shot is it going to be a curly meal through the legs behind the back cross back over switch directions and go to the glass with that burst of speed as ease as he often did in this game and he's been doing in this series but that will be a great game 7 once again the jazz 119 107 tonight's matchups we have the Houston Rockets versus the Thunder that series is 3-2 4 The Rockets who look to close out this series. Westbrook is back. Did struggle last game with seven points. But the struggles continue for Shea Alexander, Chris Paul, and Gallinari had an off day as well too. Dennis Schroeder being ejected from that game number five was huge because Thunder could not muster anything offensively throughout the game. And Schroeder was that only person to do so off the bench. That lineup of Schroeder, Shea, Alexander, and Chris Paul usually do outscore their opponents' backcourts, but at an average of 70-ish points per outing combined, but they've been really struggling throughout this series. I look for them to play desperate, hungry, and aggressive because this is a go-home scenario for them. Their season could be over. A surprising season, nonetheless, but at the same time, not a way to go out without a fight. Uh, Houston has to put them away. Do not give the Thunder life. Go on and move forward to the next round. Expect Harden to have a big game, as well as Westbrook as well, too. I look for them to share the ball a lot and run some high screens off the top for Westbrook and play them at the top of their offense, and kind of keep him closer to the hoop so he's able to break down his defender inside the key and get to the bucket without the help being able to set up. And if it does, he's always an assist away from a triple-double as it is, as well as a rebound, so you know he's going to get that ball up. So hopefully the Thunder show up. Those guys realize what they let go last game and what they could have won Despite their horrible shooting, they need to just play basketball in this game number six against the Rockets. That tips off at nine o'clock. And then you got the Bucks and the Heat. Round two of the Eastern Conference, game number one. And Miami's defensive presence will be a lot more demanding on the offense of the Milwaukee Bucks than the Orlando Magic we're putting. But the Bucks are playing well. Giannis is very dominant, and guys are hitting shots. Middleton has stepped up in that series. It was a slow start, but hopefully that spills off into this Miami series. And then you have Lopez, Bledsoe, has been playing productive defensively, getting to the hole and knocking down his outside shots. Lopez has been hitting down threes and rebounding and clogging up the lane for the Milwaukee Bucks. Hill off the bench has been superb, giving them an extra lift and more of a veteran leadership for the second unit and the mix and match play. Marvin Williams has been a key factor as well too. So we will see if Jimmy Butler... And the Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo, Gordon Dragic, who's been a thorn in the side for the Indiana Pacers in that series, always coming up with big buckets when needed to be. Crowder, Robinson, Hero, Iguodala, Olenek, Kendrick Nunn is back, and Jones as well too. Let's see what they can put together in this series. They had a harder fight against Indiana. Orlando was the easier route for Milwaukee who did lose that first game and struggled but rebounded after that performance and took four straight and ending that series. But defensively, Miami is a better team and they have offensive weapons too. They spread the ball out a lot. They push the perimeter. They put a lot of onus on your defense on that perimeter so it's all going to come down to which gameplay we see is Miami able to push and pressure and slow down Giannis and make him into a passer instead of a scorer and have the other guys on the team step up or are they going to wall him off just like they did in Toronto they have enough firepower offensively to take care of it but the Bucks have learned from their previous playoff loss to the Raptors last year. And Giannis is more aggressive when it comes time for the defense to make the wall. He's taking that first move and attacking the gaps right away. And it only takes him a step and a half to get to the rim from the three-point line. So good luck on that. A lot of charges may be taking place. Fam bio. I we will have a big game as well as Butler. But we'll see what the Bucks bring forth. Miami's had a couple days off to recruit, relax, and get re-centered. And the Bucs are coming straight off of a win on Orlando in game number five. So with that being said, the recap of last night, as along with what is transpiring today, In the NBA as well so the Heat versus the Pacers game number one round two goes off tonight at 630 followed by the Thunder and the Rockets at 9 p.m. WNBA results from last night saw the Connecticut Suns defeat the Washington Mystics, 76-63. Aisha Thomas, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 away from a triple dub. 1 steal, 1 block for the Connecticut Suns. Aisha Hines-Allen, 12 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal and 1 block in the loss for the Washington Mystics who are having a season to forget about after what transpired the previous year. But injuries and lack of players is the reason behind their struggles for this year. We saw the Phoenix Mercury, 83 over the Minnesota Lynx, 97. Diana Taurasi, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Collier of the Minnesota Link with 13 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks in the loss for the Minnesota Link. Diggins Smith, she was 25 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 11 of 11 from the stripe, 2 of 7 from downtown, and 6 for 15 from the floor, 25 points, 34 minutes Turner, 10 points, 15 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 for 5 from the floor, and 2 steals for the Phoenix Mercury, the Minnesota Link. Dangerfield had 20 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. In the loss, she was 9 of 14 from the floor, 1 of 1 from the line, and 1 of 4. From behind the arc, and the Atlanta Dream lose to the LA Sparks, 84-79. With that, the Sparks have clinched a playoff spot, along with the Seattle Storm, and Ace as well, Las Vegas. Candice Parker had 9 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists in the win. Monique Billings, 12 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals and 2 blocks for the Atlanta Dream in the loss. Despite being a game the Sparks should have ran away with, Atlanta made it one and ended up losing 79-84. to of the LA Sparks Carter for the Dream had 26 points as well 4 rebounds 1 assist 11 for 19 from the floor in that loss and Skye's 15 points 4 rebounds 3 assists for the LA Sparks and Gray, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists as well in the victory, along with Candace Parker with for the LA Sparks. And that is a WNBA recap for Sunday's events. Monday's games are the Chicago Sky versus the Indiana Fever and the Minnesota Link versus the LA Sparks Link coming off of the loss. The Phoenix last night looked to rebound in the win column against the Sparks who have won nine straight. They are nine and one in their last ten games. One game losing streak for the Minnesota Link who are six and four in their last ten. Even Steven throughout this game should be fantastic to partake in. Biscuit game in the WNBA with only a two-piece on the board for the 31st of August. Once again, I'd like to say thank you for listening to Lost. In translation, I am your host, Mr. VHS. Enjoy the events of the NBA playoff games today, as well as the WNBA, Houston versus the Thunder. The Heat and the Bucks kick off round two in the East. Enjoy, mask up, and be safe, people. Thank you.